0: Well, I'm nervous as a cat today, y'all can probably tell, (laughs) but I believe God's given me a message and just with everything that's already happened this morning, I mean, this is just, this is just supposed to be. So let me get this started here. Yay, I did it right, Jason. Um... When I first started coming to the Seventh-day Adventist Church last year, um, I read The Great Controversy by Ellen White. And it took me a couple of weeks to read it because it's a pretty good-sized book. Yeah. But once you start reading it, it's like, man, you just can't put it down. It's just, yeah, yeah. And um, so if you haven't read The Great Controversy by Ellen White, you need to get you a copy of it. I think we probably have some out here in the in the uh, lobby here that you can get get one. Um, you guys know with my background, I've always been kind of fascinated with, uh, the unseen realm. You know, uh, I've always been, um, curious about that. Um, I popped off a couple of weeks ago in Sabbath school, you know, about spiritual warfare and, you know, our, our armor and everything. And, uh, Jason said, well, why don't we just do a sermon on that? And I'm like, all righty then. So. <laughs> So I'm just going to kind of go through the basics today. Um, I'll be doing another session, you know, to kind of get more into it. But uh, today we're just going to be kind of going through the through the basics of it. Um, you know that in uh, satanic worship and a cult, it's all about your will. It's all about, you know, what pleases you. It's all about yourself, it, you know, just like Satan's pride was all about him. And that's what it is on that uh on that spectrum of the of the side of it. Um, they take things into their own hands to cause to happen what the things that they want to happen. And of course, when you become a Christian, it's all about God's will. Okay. It it, it no you no longer matter. It's just what you know, the will of God becomes very important to you, it becomes your life to you. And we no longer take things into our own hands um, to cause to happen. It's all about what God wants to happen. And we have to be very careful to stay in that will and to always be, be doing what uh, we can to please God. And it's all about selflessness at this point instead of selfless, being selfish on the other end of it. So let's pray before we begin and just um, go to the Lord. Father, thank you so, so much for the opportunity to speak today. Uh, I had such a good time this week with you just getting this together and and I just thank you so much for the message that you've given me today to share. I pray that everything that comes out of my mouth would would glorify you and point others to Christ. Uh, Just be with me over the next minutes and um, just help me to be your servant and your mouthpiece. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Okay, <clears throat> we are going to use Nehemiah four fifteen through 18 as our base scriptures for this particular series. And I'm going to read that again. Uh, Jason read it a while ago, but we're going to go through it again. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other, and each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. So like I said, we're not going to really delve into this set of scriptures till till next time uh but i wanted to use this to kind of uh, i'm going to use an illustration today jesus loved illustrations and so i got really illustrative this week (laughs) so in our cast of characters here if you'll start at the beginning of the verse we have it first mentions our enemies and so and we all know who that is it's satan and his fallen angels and then it comes to the word we which that's us that's the body of christ the workers and then the next uh, character that's mentioned is God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And then the next people are in, uh mentioned are officers which to me that I kind of interpreted that as God's angels who, you know, protect us and do his will. And then we have the trumpet player and uh trumpet player sounded danger, you know, different signals to the to the body of Christ and uh and then the me at the end of the verses there is a uh, the prophet Nehemiah. And so today, I would, pretty much all of those characters are covered there except the trumpet player. And so I borrowed my dad's bugle, and so I'm going to play y'all a little tune today just so we can kind of let you know that it's time. Okay? So let me get out my, my bugle. And I brought my muffler, so hopefully I won't play too loud. So... Okay. So, if you're listening to this on the recorded version, you're not going to know what happened. So, but that's just kind of my illustration beware of false prophets. So, don't always, yeah. <laughs> but I was asking my dad when I said, Dad, I want to borrow your bugle for church. And he's like, What are you going to do? And I'm like, Well, Reveley. I want to play Reveley. I said, I said, Doesn't in the military, of course, my dad was in the military. And he said, Yeah. He said, I said, what does reveling mean? He said, it's time to get up. That's what that's what, it, that's what it means in the military. And I think that's a good message for the church today. It's time. It's time to get up and let's get busy, you know. And so uh, I want to go to Revelation 12, 7 through 9. You can turn there if you want to. Um, I'm going to read it. The war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Okay, what I want to talk about here before we get into this. Let me get a drink of water. That bugle plan, you know, it takes the, makes your mouth dry. Um, it says here that war broke out in heaven. Okay, we all know that War doesn't just break out, okay? There was obviously a time period there of dissension. Lucifer is, of course, the source of this dissension. And uh, his pride has got the best of him. And so he starts this time of, I put here simmering or stirring, murmuring. And he got a third... Of the heavenly host to believe him and and you know that God knew what was going on the whole time, and he just allowed this he allowed it to happen, and Satan's purpose here was to be like the most high, he wanted to take over that throne in the in the farthest part of the north, and um like i said he he was able to deceive a third of the angelic host. Now, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but we know that there's different levels of angels, okay? And it's a, it works the same way on the on the opposite side. There's different levels of entities, okay? And um I you know, I'm just guessing here. I don't know, but I'm thinking that probably the third that he was able to to deceive was probably some of the lower level um angelic beings. Um but we know at, at the end of that was he lost the battle um, and he was hurled out of heaven and a third of the angelic host was hurled also. So I wanted to talk about this wor- uh, word hurled for just a second. I love words. I mean, there's certain words that I just pick out and I, and I kind of gravitate to them. But I, I looked at the definition of hurling and it says to throw with great force or fling to cause to move with great force or violence, to send with great vigor or thrust, to utter vehemently. And of course, the slang of that term is to vomit. And Revelation 3.16, uh, it also says, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And I looked up the Hebrew words and the Greek terms and the, uh, uh, the Greek is emeo which means to vomit or feel repulsed and it means showing utter rejection to reject with extreme disgust and so when satan and his and a third of the angels were hurled out of heaven it wasn't just a an action of throwing it wasn't just you know scooting them out the door and shutting the door i mean there was intent there by god uh, he was extremely, extremely disgusted, and and this hurling was was mo- more of an intent to to completely cast him out and be done with him. And also, I think that's important that we understand the intent behind that that action that took place when they were cast out of heaven. Okay, and I think he also wanted Lucifer to know at that point that. How how serious of a grievance that he you know had had done, and so we'll go to uh, well our our title today is the great Com- controversy, and Jesus said in Luke ten eighteen and I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, and so this hurling actually I mean it, it caused a, a great cosmic effect there. Uh, I want to read something from uh, Ellen White. Satan's rebellion was to be a lesson to the universe through all coming ages, a perpetual testimony to the nature and terrible results of sin. The working out of Satan's rule, its effects upon both men and angels, would show what must be the fruit of setting aside the divine authority. It would testify that with the existence of God's government and His law is bound up the well-being of all the creatures He has made. Thus, the history of this terrible experiment of rebellion was to be a perpetual safeguard to all holy intelligences to prevent them from being deceived as to the nature of transgression, to save them from committing sin and suffering its punishments. And that's Ellen G. White, The Great Controversy, chapter 28, page 499. So we have here... um, a cosmic battle now i want to say something real quick on the uh, these are really involved slides i mean i worked on this all week long and me and god just had the best time i'd be looking through here and i'd be finding clip art and he's going like i don't really like that one and so i go back and find another one you know (laughs) so we just had the best time but uh my illustration i'm going to use today is of a sporting event and so i'm going to kind of um, you know show you this this cosmic battle, this great controversy in the in light of you know what you might look at at a sporting event, and so our home team here is Satan and his angels because the earth is the devil's stomping grounds we know that from job two two and the lord said to satan from where have you come satan answered the lord and said from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it so this is this is his realm here and and he knows it and um he he uh, he takes that very seriously i think and 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 we ought to too i mean we should know that he's here and he's here to attack us and um the visiting team would be the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and two-thirds of the angelic host, okay? So that's kind of our two teams here we got going. Uh, of course, with any sporting event, you got to have cheerleaders. And um, and I wanted to add this in here, too. Uh, usually the home team, whenever you go to a, a football game or whatever, you know, uh, their band plays. Their band plays at halftime. You know, and they own the concession stands. And so, I think that's kind of important that we need to mention here is that you know, music is very important to Satan, and he uses that. He uses that as a a tool to deceive people, to 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 drag them away you know and I've had a hard time with that I really have because you know I came from that kind of uh era in the 80s where you know that was very that was that was a cool thing you know so God's working with me on that but you know like we were talking about the music and the concession stands I mean the food that is prepared and and served out there in the world today is just so it's just horrible I don't even I mean you can't I mean Glenda knows about this because she teaches us about her health nugget all the time and and we need to understand that, um, you know, we've got to really pay attention to what we put in our bodies. And, and Satan doesn't care. He doesn't care. You know, he just wants us to be unhealthy, so we're not in service to God. So, And, of course, with the music and the and the food, you have media. You know, and we I think we all know if you turn on the TV, you're going to get a very biased uh, view of, you know, what the world considers important at the time. So, you know, if you start looking at everything that's involved in a sporting event, I mean, Satan controls pretty much all of it. And it's just because he's allowed to at this point. So, um, but I just want to say nothing is worse than getting beat on your home field. <laughs> and so I just want to say Jesus will win and he won't even show up until the end of the fourth quarter. <laughs> so, okay. So I want y'all to kind of imagine for a second. Um, the world here is... is is. What, you know, what's going on in the world, okay? Now this stadium, this arena, is kind of where we're at, okay? We're watching what's going on on the field, what's you know what's happening, you know, and this cosmic battle that's taking place on earth. All of mankind is in the stands. We can see sections, rows, and seats as far as the eye can see. Some sections uh, appear safer than others, uh, some sections seem to be fighting all the time. Some rows don't even acknowledge the those rows in front of them or behind them. Some people in certain sections wouldn't dare wander into a lower section. And you may even have a stranger sitting in the seat right next to you. And so, at times, there seems to be total chaos in the stadium. And I think we can see that today as we look at what's happening in our world that we wonder, you know, God, do you even know what's going on? You know, and of course He does, you know. It's His will that's taking place here. It's this this battle that is is allowed to continue until Jesus returns. And so we're going to look at, and this is so funny because I d I worked on I worked on this all week and I didn't really look at my Sabbath school lesson until Thursday night and it addressed pretty much everything here and I was like, Yes, yes, I'm on the right track. Yeah. And so um uh Jack mentioned this this morning about the seen and the unseen, I think. And uh, on this on this playing field here, okay, there's there's two different levels, okay? You got the things that you can see that's going on and the things that you can't see, okay. So we're going to talk about the physical part uh, from Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, so everything that we see, the earth, the sky, the clouds, you know, that's the physical realm. And then in Ephesians 6.12, I'll read that. Ephesians 6.12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Okay, so that tells us right there that there is an unseen realm where a lot of activity uh, goes on. Where most of the activity uh, probably goes on that we can't see, okay? And so um we we but we always need to be aware of it. We always need to be aware of it. Uh I'm going to go to Ephesians 6 10 through 13. Uh, Apostle Paul is talking to us here and he's talking to uh, to the Ephesians, but it applies to us, the people in the stands. And uh, he says in Ephesians six ten through 13, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities against uh rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. In these verses right here, it's just uh, three verses, but he tells us three times to stand or withstand. And so our, our job up in the stands, so to speak, is to take a stand in the stands. We have to because if we don't, nobody's going to. And um, we'll go to Ephesians six fourteen through 18, which is right after this. Uh, and so, of course, what Apostle Paul is describing here is is our armor that we're supposed to have on, okay? And um, what we're supposed to do is pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints okay so this uh, this uniform that he's kind of talking about here this armor is kind of like our cheerleading uniform okay so I'm going to illustrate it back to the to the sporting event so stand therefore having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith with which you will, be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Um, I just wanted to read that again. That was kind of a duplicate of what I just read, but we need to read it a hundred more times Um, because it's so important to us on a daily basis. I mean, when I get up in the morning, it's like me, I gotta check, check my helmet, okay, everything, you know, straighten everything up, you know, and be ready for the day because, you know, I never understood before, I mean, back when I was just so lost, that God gives us things to help us. He gives us the Holy Spirit, and He's given this armor to us for a reason, and He tells us to put it on every day. And so we're gonna talk about that for just a second. Of course, with any sporting event, you got to have cheerleaders, okay? So uh, I picked this little cheerleader out. She's got a V on her chest for victory in Jesus. So um, there you go. So cheerleaders who happen to be in the home team stadium cheering for the visiting team, okay? So that's kind of what we are. And uh, the Lord kind of gave me a little vision there of a, just, just picture an OU fan in the middle of a sea of OSU orange, you know? And uh, they just, you know, yes, one little OU fan yells out "Boomer," and then you just hear crickets chirping, you know. So, uh, so that's kind of where we are. We are, we, we are cheerleaders in the home field cheering for the visiting team. So, you know, that could get a little awkward, and it does. I think we've all been there. I remember when I was in. Of course, we did this in grade school too, but all through grade school, junior high, and high school, I was the pep club president. Okay, I never did make cheerleader because I'm just not just not the cheerleading type. But I I, I could be the pep club president, and so we would go to um, you know a visiting team or whatever, or or if somebody came to our our town to play a football game, the pep club on one side and and then our pep club, we'd start this thing going. We've got spirit, yes we do. We've got spirit. How about you? Okay, and so the other team. They would start theirs, you know, we've got spirit, yes we do, we've got spirit, how about you? Okay, so we'd go back and forth with this, you know, and finally you just ended it with we've got more, okay, that's how you end it, you know, and and we always got mad if the other team said we've got more first before we said we've got more, because then it's ended and, and evidently they have more than we do, you know, <laughs> so... Um, But, and that's kind of the way we need to do is, man, we've got spirit. We've got the Holy Spirit, you know. We need to be happy about that. We need to be happy about that. Okay, so while we're in the stands, we've got our uniform on, you know. And we're looking at other people around us who's in our section, you know. And we notice that not everybody is is dressed like us okay not everybody has on their helmet their breastplate of righteousness not everybody has a sword okay and so we need to be aware of that too as we're out in the public you know look look you can tell and we'll go into that in just a second some just have on a helmet and a little bitty shield no sword and the sandals are just floppy and not tied So picture different levels of uniforms with nothing being really consistent, okay? These cheerleaders, we can't even build a pyramid because we're not together. Some cheerleaders just want to jump around. Some want to just yell. Uh, Some want to clap a little. Some want to clap a lot. And some want to just primp and make sure their uniforms don't get messy. So we have different, we have different uh, people, <laughs> different levels of how seriously we take our, our uniforms, okay? And we're going to talk about that. So we're just going to review our uniform. We've got our helmet of salvation. We've got our breastplate of righteousness. Uh, we've got our belt of truth, shield of faith, sword of the Spirit, and our shoes of peace. And so, along with this uniform that we have, our, our uniform, instead of pom poms, okay, we have fruit of the Spirit, okay, amen. And, uh, so we have our little basket that we carry with us with our, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and, gentleness, and self-control, okay? And you gotta have lots of love, okay? Lots of love. Because the other fruit is better when it's mixed with love. Okay, so I'm gonna see if I can read through this without getting tongue tied. Uh, joy mixed with love is just joyer, Okay, peace mixed with love is peaceier. Patience is patienceier. Kindness is kindnessier. Goodness is goodnessier Faithfulness is faithfulnessier. Gentleness is gentlenessier, and self control is self controlier. Okay. I can't believe I got through all that. Thank you, Lord. Um, but that's how we recognize each other is by our fruits. And you can tell. I mean, you can tell. Uh, and you also have to keep keep your fruit fresh. Take what you need and give it to others, okay? Now, we're going to go through this armor real quick. And, of course, I'm not going to go into to, to a whole lot of detail on this. I'm going to do that next time. Uh, but I want to talk about this for just a second. Um uh, Check your, check your pieces of, of your armor, your uniform, and, and you'll know that you can't give your helmet to somebody else. they got to get their own, okay? Your uniform, your armor is not going to fit somebody else, okay? We know that from David trying to put Saul's armor on when he went before Goliath. Uh, even though it's the same salvation for all, you still have to have your own helmet. Same goes for the breastplate of righteousness. You have to have Christ's righteousness yourself. Every piece fits perfectly to you. We need to look for people who don't have on a helmet and tell them about yours and why they need one. We need to give them a sword, which is the Word of God. Then the faith will come because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Um, and I think that's so important because when I got my first Bible, I was just little bitty. But that thing, that, my grandma gave that to me, and that meant a lot to me okay it was very important even though i couldn't read the words they were so small you know i didn't wear glasses then i couldn't read but it was it was something i cherished you know and as i've grown you know i've gotten different bibles and you know and uh, the one i have t- now uh, tony gave to me because mine was had it was horrible looking but um but it's it's important to me and if you give somebody a bible that kind of opens the door there for other things to come and I kind of wanted to relate this to my husband when he worked for the sheriff's department he uh I think they have to qualify with a shotgun and then they have to qualify with a pistol is that right Jack do they have to qualify okay and so when he got ready to qualify with his pistol he went and got him a new pistol and of course when you get that pistol you can't just get the pistol, okay? you got to have a holster and extra clips, and then you got to have your ammo. Then you got to get your cleaning kit, and then you got to practice with it, okay? And it kind of works the same way when you give somebody a Bible. If they'll just read just a little bit of it, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And the next thing you know, uh, they've got their breastplate of righteousness and they've got their helmet on. And so, you know, I think it's very important you know that we, anytime somebody needs a, a Bible, we need to give them one. So we're going to go with the Scriptures real, real quick and talk about our helmet of salvation, uh, which is in Romans ten eight through thirteen. And I'll give you a second to go there if you want to, because I like I really want you guys to to kind of read this along with me. Romans ten eight through thirteen. And I'll go ahead and start. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on Him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that is just that is just so comforting because I remember when I finally called out on the Lord and, and that, that peace that came over me and that, that, I feel it right now, that love that came over me. And I didn't realize He loved me that much. I didn't, and I'm just so thankful- I'm just so thankful for that and of course, with that helmet of salvation that we get, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit for a second. the spirit that comes into our lives as the spirit of truth and in john fourteen sixteen through eighteen. It said, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper that He may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it did not see Him or know Him. But you know Him because He abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And that's, you know, I keep saying that's my favorite verse or this is my favorite verse. And it's like the whole thing is my favorite verse, you know, because at different times the Scriptures speak to me differently. But that Holy Spirit is there to help us, to guide us through this process of transformation that that takes place in our lives whenever we confess to the Lord. And so we're just going to go through this real quick again. Everybody understands that your sword and the armor is is the Word of God. Okay, we know that. Shield of faith. Faith comes by hearing. The belt of truth. Make sure I'm on the right slide. Uh, The belt of truth. For the heart one believes for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Okay, so as soon as you uh your mouth testifies that helmet goes on, okay? So you got your helmet on. And then Christ gives us his righteousness upon that confession and that's where we get our breastplate of righteousness. And then once we have all that ready and we get into that word that makes us prepared, okay? That makes us prepared. That's what those sandals of peace are for, is to get us prepared. And so, in this particular illustration, we're going to say that the Holy Spirit is our cheerleading coach, and will prepare us and train us, retrain us, test us, and equip us for anything that we need to do for God in in this particular battle that we're going in. Um, so we're going to get back to this this cosmic battle that we got going on here, and. The realm, what's going on with the ball, okay? What's going on with the big blue ball is taken care of, okay? We just have to pay attention and work the stands. Don't worry if it looks like we're losing or if certain sections boo us. You know, trust in God. Trust in God. Be busy about the work we have to do. Don't worry about the other sections and what they're doing. Pray for them and let them do their work. Trust is is easy to say, but it's hard to do sometimes, it is something that gets developed over time and, and it's tested almost daily. Jesus is really the only thing that we should trust in. Uh, through Him, we trust in God and our helper, the Holy Spirit. First Peter one twenty one says, Through Christ, you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because He raised Christ from the dead and gave Him glory. So, So what I want to get across to you here is, it, it sometimes it seems like in our world that it's just it's just out of control, but God's got a hold on this, he knows exactly what's going on, and so we'll start what do i do okay what what are we supposed to be doing while God's taking control of the ball what are what are we as cheerleaders supposed to be doing and uh, in this stadium of this of the whole mankind and Sometimes people get a little preoccupied while waiting in their seat. Most of them are usually on their cell phone or playing video games or, in my case, watching funny cat videos on YouTube. So some glance up every now and then, and but they seem disinterested in what's going on. Some are looking around thinking maybe we should be doing something. They make eye contact with another person, wearing the same uniform as they, and they kind of had this mind-meld thing that happens. And so they both think, you know, what do we need to be doing? There's something we're supposed to be doing. Individuals, you'll notice in the stadium, have started trading seats. You know, there's movement going on. Some get up and move to another section. Uh, some in uniform begin to take a stand in their seat so they can see better. So, I thought that was very interesting. Sometimes we have to take what I said while ago, we have to take a stand in the stands. Okay. So, at some point in time, a light bulb goes off at the same time, and people in uniform start to move. Yes. Uh, groups go to someone with no uniform and start telling them how important it is to have a sword. Some go all the way across the stadium to the other side and begin to work those sections, which is what we consider missionaries. Right beside you is someone who has a sword, but they are just making chopping movements, and so you offer to help them. Someone else has a fake shield, and they are making ninja moves and yelling loudly to those around them. We all have seen some of those people. Um, Some are cowering down, trying not to draw attention to themselves and looking very frightened others have already begun to give out swords some are getting their shields and many are being equipped and so while while uh we're in the stadium while we're in the stands watching this cosmic battle take place uh there's work for us to do we're supposed to be doing something even if it's just talking to your neighbor right next to you or you know or going across town or whatever But I wanted to talk about our seating arrangement in the stadium. And what I want to say is, is you are right where you're supposed to be. You are here today because you're supposed to be here today. And you are in the section row and seat for a reason. Don't look across the stands or down a few rows and think, well, that area looks a little more peaceful. Maybe I'd like to go down there. Uh, Don't leave your section. Row and seat unless you are told by the coach, the Holy Spirit. If you are needed in another area, you'll be notified of that. Until then, work your section. Hand out your fruit to nourish others who are helping to equip others. Refill someone's basket if they are getting low on love or joy or self-control. Have plenty of swords to hand out to those who need one. And pray for your section and row as well as everyone in the stands. And so that's kind of what we're supposed to be doing is you know, man if you i think sometimes especially when i i quit city hall i felt so lost for such a long time i felt like i didn't have a purpose you know and um and god finally showed me that you know i i'm i'm right where he wants me to be i'm doing just exactly what he wants me to be doing and i need to not get nervous i need to not you know thinking oh you know i need to be doing this or that no i need to be i need to be right here And so I pulled up our particular section, seating section, and we are in section Garvin County, Row, Paul's Valley, seat, Seventh-day Adventist. Okay, so that's our section, row, and seat, okay? And our rows extend uh, from as far north as Purcell to Elmore City, from Lindsay to Roth, and we have plenty of seats in our row. There you go, Sister Glenda. Amen. God will make sure we have enough seating, we need to get involved in our section and see what is needed. And, of course, I guess I put it there as far north as Norman because that's where Delly and Lotta are from. So we'll go all the way to Norman. Uh, we need to get to know those in our section and extend God's love to them. We need to be aware of the things that are being used to attack those in our section. We should, again, be praying for our section, row, and everyone involved in this cosmic battle. So I just wanted to kind of show you, you know, we, we're we right here for a reason. This church is right here by this interstate for a reason, and I want you all to remember that. So so far we've kind of talked about, it's kind of been humorous. You know, we've talked about cheerleading. We've talked about, you know, ball games and, and concession stands and all that. But I, I want to kind of get serious for a second, and the, the slides are still going to be a little humorous, but it, it tends to take on a more serious note from here on out. Um. It's easy to lose sight of what is going on with the big blue ball. We haven't looked at the clock in a while and have no clue about what time it is. I feel like sometimes, especially with things that have happened recently, that it's kind of like the halftime, and the body of Christ is the entertainment. We used to be able to go to the bathroom during halftime. We can't even do that anymore. Some of us will be picked out to be ridiculed on the field Satan will put on exhibit those who have their armor on and their fruit baskets full and try to trip them on the field so the rest of the stadium can get a good laugh. Those of us still in the stands will be there to mend those who provided senseless entertainment to a growing degenerate crowd. A certain moving and shaking will occur and we will become two distinct groups, those who belong to Satan and those who belong to Jesus. Revelation 22.11 says, let the evil doers still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. So I think it's a very serious time in the body of Christ. I think I think, and I think we all feel this that, you know, we need to get serious. You know, um, John fifteen seventeen through twenty one. Um, I don't know if you guys can read the scripture up there, but this is my command, love each other. And if the world hates you, keep in mind that they hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. And I think, church, we need to be ready, just like the words I put up there, we need to be ready to be mocked and shunned and ridiculed and scorned and laughed at and humiliated, despised, and rejected because that's exactly what they did to our Lord. Um, The time is here when old-fashioned reverence for Christianity, Christianity will turn to ridicule. Our beliefs, our lifestyles, our message will be fodder for talk show hosts and late-night TV. It has already begun across the stadium. It is only a matter of time before it gets to our section, row, and seat. Like a wave that starts on the other side of the arena and slowly makes its way to us, we have no choice but to take a stand and join in. We are called to take a stand in the stands. This will mean more mockery, louder laughter, public humiliation, and finally, Like all bullies who grow bored with their sarcastic accusations, empty threats, and endless intimidation, they will begin to use actual physical means. Again, this has already began on the other side of the stadium, and it's making our way to our section row and seat. Just because the home team has the home field advantage, our Heavenly Father is still in charge of the time clock. Where once the clock ticked up to the point where he gave his only son to die for the sins of mankind, now the clock is beginning to tick down. We don't know when the clock will stop. All Satan can hear is the tick, tick, tick of a clock that he can't see and he has no control over. But he knows his time is short. Revelation twelve twelve says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Jesus tells us in Matthew twenty four thirty six, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. We have no clue as to how much longer the Lord will tarry All we know is that he is long-suffering, that no one should perish. But if we start to put our funny cat videos away and begin to pay attention to what's going on, we can read the signs of the times and see that the third quarter is going to be tough for each and every one who wears a uniform for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In the next session of this message, I will share with you what Christians should be doing during this time of physical persecution. While training is so important and while being ready is a must, First Peter five eight says, Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Matthew twenty four nine. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. Revelation twelve eleven says They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. That's a scary thing to read, but we have to understand that might be required of us. And that's why it's so important that we need to be ready for whatever's coming. I just wanted, I looked up some statistics. Christians are the most persecuted religious group worldwide. Each month, 322 Christians are killed for their faith. That number is rising daily. Daily, about 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed. There are 772 forms of violence committed against Christians daily, and that number is rising rapidly. Christian persecution has made it to our hemisphere, with Mexico being listed as one of the countries where our brothers and sisters in Christ are suffering greatly. Soon it will cross our borders into the United States, and it already has. Revelation 6, 9-11, through 11, when the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And there was given to each of them a white robe, and they were told that they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, would be completed also. And the last thing I want to tell you is, church, get ready. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this message that you gave me today. I hope that I I delivered it in the way that you would be proud and And I just thank you for the blessings on my life. Father, I pray for every person at her door today uh, that it would just um, cause us to to know that time is short and that we need to be about your work. Father, forgive me where I fail you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.